why we want to find the right people at the right place at the right time. I'm Christian Champ. This is the Middleway Newsletter. Welcome to volume number 96. The Middleway Newsletter is a place where I write, explore, share, and invite you along for the journey. If you enjoy the newsletter, please share it with your friends. Why we want to find the right people at the right place at the right time. Listening to Martin Scorsese getting interviewed by Jeffrey Katzenberg, the good vibes flowed. We came together to celebrate a successful investment exit, bringing together the principals, the management team, the investors, and the board. All around the table echoed the enjoyment of coming together and celebrating. I sat at the table feeling lucky to have been involved. A fortuitous cookout at a buddy's house led me here. Two brothers, also from Pittsburgh, but we didn't know each other growing up, formed a partnership to buy smaller companies and wanted to find a board member. Another buddy, also from Pittsburgh, who helped inspire their venture by doing the same thing, directed them to me. Remember that guy from the cookout? Well, you really need to talk to him. A couple of conversations later, and I ran into the right people. I ended up on the board, coaching our management teams and helping provide strategic advice. Fast forward half a decade, after we purchased a distribution business, created a brand of products, and sold it for a multiple of the purchase price. We hit the trifecta of the right people, the right place, and the right time. The right people. Everything starts with the right people. Lucky for us, the right people are easy to find, but it takes effort. We need to search for and put in the time to find them. We know them when we run into them because they fill us with energy and excitement. We find them in the right mentors, coaches, teachers, friends, and colleagues. The right people point us to aliveness. Life becomes more meaningful as we band together to create. We share goals and values, have a similar compass, and know the direction we want to head. Life is more enjoyable because we push each other and do hard things together. We lift each other up whenever we need a hand and support our success when flying high. Running into the right people leads to a continuous wave of additional right people. We know the right people when we feel aliveness, possibilities, potential, inspiration, and the crispness of life. The right place. Finding the right place is tougher. The right people tend to come first. The way we find the right place is to start with where we are right now. How can we mold it into the right place? If we can't mold it, we need to exit. The challenge with the right place is that we must continue creating the right place. The mission never ends. We need to ride the bumps and keep building culture and instilling values. The right place becomes generative. Like the right people, it makes us feel alive and inspired. We show up with a hop in our step because we help create something exciting. The right place pushes us to the edges and tests our mettle. Our distribution business felt right, but adding our products changed it into the right place. Getting the products correct tested us. We went to uncharted territory. The subtle move led to tremendous positive change for ourselves and the business. The right place is about the mission and everyone stepping into it. The right place many times is a jujitsu move away. We need to run experiments to unlock it. The right time. Finding the right time is a tricky prospect. If you arrive early to a rocket ship and things take off, you get the ride of your life. 
if you show up just before a train wreck, it is the opposite experience. If you show up after the rocket takes off, the experience depends on where you sit on the rocket. Timing and luck run together, but we can make our own timing and luck. Timing is the last of the trifecta because it is the hardest to predict and we have the least amount of agency over it. The right timing tends to follow when the right people get together at the right place, but we won't know how long to wait. We can redefine success as being with the right people at the right place, sitting there until the timing hits. We, we wait as long as it remains the right people and right place. If it changes, we exit. Setting ourselves up for finding the three rights. We want the Warren, Warren Buffett investment situations where heads we win and tails we don't lose. This is what happens when we surround ourselves with the right people. When the world comes together and hits the right place in time, we find the best moments in life. Think back to your memories that stand out. How many had the right people, the right place, and the right time? Life is great even when we miss the timing part, if we hit it with the right people in place. We must always look around and ensure that we sit with the right people at the right table. Things to think about. Harvard Business Review on simple writing paying off. I realized one day that all my writing was garbage. It mixed run-on sentences with verbose phrases and plenty of cliches. When I started managing a team of analysts, my goal included getting everyone to speak and write clearly and minimally. This is especially important when recommending investments, but applies equally when conveying a company's performance in written or spoken form. I made sure folks called me out if I got caught violating any of those principles. The article gives many reasons to write clearly, but its five key takeaways are the key points. Quote, number one, fewer ads. Use strong verbs and nouns. Adverbs and adjectives often disrupt clarity, like coughing at the opera. Number two, break it down. Split up beefy thoughts and sentences. As a pro once said, the period never comes soon enough. Number three, cut the caveats. Every argument has exceptions. Every topic demands context. Still, unless you're specifically setting disclaimers, minimize the fig leaves of hedging. Number four, clean out residue. With each new draft, you'll refine, reinforce, reiterate, and restate. Go back and strip out extraneous wording. Number five, keep it short. Don't write more than your audience needs. Article number two, Cedric Chin offers a piece noting that focus is saying no to good ideas. Saying no to good ideas sounds obvious, but it is tough to do. Quote, one of the more interesting things about focus is that you can see it in good operators if you know how to look, but it happens to, be, to also be really difficult to do. Cedric then breaks down cohort-based courses, which he ran at his university. Quote, notice that I'm not saying that CBCs or cohort-based courses are a bad business. I'm saying that they have trade-offs and those trade-offs don't match my business goals. Yes, I know that CBCs are the quickest way to significant product revenue in the short term after consulting, perhaps. I know many entrepreneurs who run good CBC businesses. They're perfectly happy and fulfilled doing what they do. I also happen to know that I'm, I'll be very emotionally satisfied if I go down this route. But I want to build reoccurring revenue over the long term, and CBCs aren't the ideal path to take for that. End quote. 
Everything has trade-offs and cost benefits. We only have so much time and energy. Cedric makes this clear in his piece. Quote, ultimately, focus is saying no to good ideas. It takes aim at the lies we tell ourselves as business operators, that we fear missing out on everything that is good and that we think of what is good is worth doing and that we think that somehow chasing multiple good things at the same time is doable, end quote. Books to read, One Room Schoolhouse, Education Reimagined by Salman Khan, the founder of Khan Academy. The founder of Khan Academy shares his story of how and why he created Khan Academy. As someone trying to help people, including my kids and myself, to learn better, this book offered many solid ideas. I'm not a huge fan of the school system, but I love lifelong learning. Khan offers many ideas on how to learn better and keep learning, no matter one's age. Quote, personal responsibility is not only undervalued, but actually discouraged by the standard classroom model with its enforced passivity and rigid boundaries of curriculum and time. Denied the opportunity to make even the most basic decisions about how and what they will learn, students stop short of full commitment. Next quote, at every moment, we both, students and teachers, we learn by studying, but we also learn by helping others, by sharing and explaining what we, did, what we know. End quote. Key ideas from the book. Portability. Do it in different contexts and at different times. The internet smashes on this front. We can learn on all kinds of different mediums. Self-pacing. The student can speed up or slow down when necessary. Active stance towards learning. Take things in and figure things in. Know where they stand and what gaps they need to fill. Question customs. He never went to lectures at MIT and instead doubled up his class load in his majors. Just because you think you need to go to class, that might not be the answer. Swiss cheese learning. It does not work. You need to fill in the holes and be proficient at what matters and understand the key ideas and concepts. This is one of his key points that you actually need to understand the key ideas and concepts and keep going back to them until you master them. How much homework? The real question is why homework in the first place? Is it because there's not enough learning happening in the day? How do we fix that? Broadcast lectures don't work. This goes back to him not going to his lectures at MIT. So he clearly has not believed in lectures for a long time. Teachers as coaches that understand what the students need to work on and help push them and celebrate their success. Teachers as coaches. Kids should progress at their own pace. The goal is conceptual understanding. Give kids remediation where they need it. Leveling up slow students on concepts led them to leapfrog their non-slow peers that didn't understand the concepts as deeply as them. And lastly, embrace uncertainty. His ideas for education include, quote, first I would eliminate letter grades altogether. In a system based on mastery learning, there is no need and no place for them. Students advance only when they demonstrate clear proficiency with a concept as measured either by the 10 in a row heuristic or some future refinement of it. Since no one is pushed ahead or left behind until proficiency is reached, the only possible grade would be an A. To paraphrase Garrison Killior, 
all the kids would be way above average, so grades would be pointless. Instead, I would propose as the centerpiece of student appraisal two things. A running multi-year narrative, not only of what a student has learned, but how she learned it in a portfolio of a student's creative work. This brings me to the idea of the creative portfolio as a central part of a student's transcript. Everyone is beginning to recognize that curiosity and creativity are more important attributes than a mere facility for a particular subject. Yet except for narrowly defined art schools, few institutions even consider an applicant applicant's creative output. This is doubly wrong. First, it implies that only art is a creative view that is provincial and limiting. Science, engineering, and entrepreneurship are equally creative. Second, if we fail to take a serious look at what students have created on their own, above and beyond lessons and tests, we miss an opportunity to appreciate what is truly special about them. More than any data, grades, or assessment, Someone's actual creative product is the best testament of his or her ability to create from scratch to make a solution out of an open-ended problem. It means to listen, see, and watch. Democracy in the Next Cycle of History, featuring Jonathan Haddad, Stuart Brand, and Kevin Kelly as part of a Long Now Foundation meeting and podcast. We talk about democracy in the next cycle. Key bullets. In 2014, college students began to call words violence and object to speakers and conversations. A culture of fear and attack followed in 2015. Tech and social media created social death, which is what the agents used. They either killed you or they exiled you. Both parties are driven to these extremes with the far right losing the Burke tradition of wisdom and the left becoming more and more illiberal. We're losing the freedom of speech, the role of law, and due process. Polarization is fragmenting us and making people afraid of each other, mainly social media driven. Teen mental health issues continue to increase, mainly driven by teenage girls posting photos and getting responses that drive their mental health issues. We made Gen Z weak by overprotecting them, and then they went through social media. Trigger warnings divided the world into good and evil, oppressors and oppressed, and glorified girls being victims who saw a 50% increase in mental health issues. Free-range childhood is a solution to this, according to Jonathan. Kids need to learn, learn, learn from play, play, play. There was a long crime wave from the 1960s to the 1990s, and as the crime wave receded, perversely, we stopped letting kids play outside by themselves to terrible results. The left has adopted a set of policies that are crippling its kids. All organizations are falling into micro battles. The right has its own issues, including a lack of critical thinking, what he calls stupid ideas. Video games are synchronous communal team play, while girls on social media doesn't include any of those positive attributes, though boys' mental health has also declined. There's an internet meme that captures it. Quote, hard times make strong men, strong men make good times. Good times make weak men, and weak men make hard times. So there are cycles to history, end quote. Cycles can run 20 to 100 years, and the near term doesn't look great to Jonathan. Kevin Kelly hopes that the technological learning tools and AI can make the near term one of the most amazing moments to be alive, 
but our decisions from here will decide the outcomes. We need shared meaning. We need the culture war to get away from children. Jonathan leaves us with Joseph Campbell's quote, we cannot cure the world of sorrows, but we can choose to live in joy. Tweet from Andrew D. Huberman, PhD. Caffeine is one of the few drugs people use to feel normal. Alcohol is one of the few drugs people use to seem normal. And cannabis is a drug that makes the normal seem more interesting. Tweet from Adam Grant. The most undervalued skill of our time is the ability to write. In an analog world, talking was the main currency of communication and connection. In a digital world, there's a growing premium on the capacity to convey thoughts in text. The pen is mightier than the spoken word. Words of wisdom. Quote, all things are meltable and replaceable. Not at this moment, but soon enough we are lambs and we are leaves and we are stars and the shining mysterious pond water itself. Mary Oliver, upstream. Quote, every idea can be condensed to its essential meaning. What do you need people to hear? What do you want people to do? What do you want people to remember? Rose Fast, The Chocolate Conversation. Quote, working hard is important, but more effort does not necessarily yield more results. Less, but better does. Greg McCowan, Essentialism. Quote, humanity gave voice to the questions that have animated religion and philosophy ever since. What does it mean to be human? What matters in life? What matters in a death? How to be of service to each other in the world? Krista Tippett, The Coming Wise. Quote, this means it isn't a final victory we should seek, but simple, humble progress. The never-ending pleasure of moving in the right direction. Nobody wins the status game. They're not supposed to. The meaning of life is not to win, it's to play. Will store the status game. Yuchi Shoda demonstrated that in fact, there is something consistent about our identity. It just wasn't the kind of consistency anyone expected. We are consistent within a given context. Todd Rose, the end of average. Quote, so the only way on earth to influence other people is to talk about what they want and show them how to get it. Del Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. Quote, frequency keeps the pressure off. Jocelyn Glee, manager day to day. Quote, there is now little question that how one uses one's attention moment to moment largely determines what kind of person one becomes. Our minds and lives are largely shaped by how we use them. Sam Harris, waking up. Quote, I've never encountered an executive who remains effective while tackling more than two tasks at a time. Peter Drucker, the effective executive. Thanks for reading. Are you sitting at the right tables with the right people? How do you add more of them to your life? How do you ensure that you show up as the right person for other folks. Any thoughts or comments, please share. Namaste, Christian. And for the photo, getting dressed up and celebrating a successful investment. Thanks for listening to the Middleway Newsletter.